Amen. It's good to be here in the mountains. It's a little bit colder over here than in Fayetteville, North Carolina. I want to try to bring, for the next couple of minutes, try to bring a little bit of, of Fort Bragg to Fletcher, North Carolina. Can I do that? Yes. First of all, I don't think it's going to be Fort Bragg for much longer, so it is what it is, and I'm on, I'll try to stay out of politics the rest of the afternoon, or the rest of the morning. How about that? I can't get the afternoon, the evening. To, folks I was sitting in front of, I said good evening to, and I'm like, Oh, well, please forgive me if I said good evening to you. But here's, uh, we are missionaries to the soldiers and the Air Force. There's, there's airmen there at Fort Bragg as well. Uh, we started back in December 2012. Uh, our ministry, it's a unique ministry. We are a, we are a soul-winning discipleship ministry. Uh, we go on Fort Bragg, and I'm going to get ahead of myself. We go on Fort Bragg, and we go soul-winning on Fort Bragg. Not too many people do that. Now, I've seen Mormons on there before, and I've seen... I've been witnessed to by somebody throwing me a gospel track driving down the road on Fort Bragg, but I actually go and knock on their doors. Uh, we are allowed to go visit uh, somebody that we have a contact with. So if we have a contact, if a soldier has been to our church, we are allowed to go visit them in their barracks room. So I go in there, check in the duty, go knock on their door. By the way, if I pass somebody... I befriend them, give them a gospel track, and there is a new contact, another person that I'm allowed to go visit. So that's how we do. We cannot go door to door in the barracks room and go soul winning, go visitation. We kicked off, but that's how we do it. Uh, there, we are sent and serving with my church there in Fayetteville, North Carolina, Northview Baptist Church. My pastor is Brooks Grimes. Uh, he is on radio. If you get FBN radio out here, I'm not too sure about that. Uh, there is half my family. I don't know what happened to the rest of them. <laughs> but we have Emma. We have the important one. Uh, I do have five kids. God's been good to me. Uh, we have five kids. Jeremiah, oh, Jeremiah's here too. I'm sorry. Jeremiah is my first teenager. He's 13 this year. And we have Noah, Bella, Sarah, and Emma. And so God's been good to us. Fort Bragg is the largest military complex in the world. There are over 250,000 soldiers, Department of Defense, and Air Force there and their family members. So it's a very large city in itself. Uh, why Fort Bragg? Well, God got a hold of my heart while I was serving in the military. I was raised a Christian, use that loosely. I grew up in a church of a brethren in Duncansville, Pennsylvania, and did, got baptized when I was younger. But I had a childhood dream to join the United States Marine Corps. And uh, I did that. I swore in before September 11th happened. And then September 11th happened. And I said, I'm, I'm ready. Let's go. I went and get some. So I became a Marine and got stationed at Camp Lejeune, North Carolina. And went off to Iraq twice and did half my enlistment over there. Uh, there is Fort Bragg. Very large complex. Very, a whole lot better than the Marines, sir. You spoke good things about me out there in the auditorium, the, outside the auditorium. You didn't speak good things about being a Marine. The, the harassment I get. You know, God had to make somebody special, especially being a Marine, to go to an Army base. And I, I tell people all the time, I'm like, God sent me there. Because if God didn't send me there, uh, I mean, why would I be there? <laughs> but I, I tell people this. I said, hey, God sent me there to straighten people out. And for the last 10 years, I've been straightening people out. Uh, but Fort Bragg, these are just barracks around Fort Bragg, uh, very nice barracks. We are allowed to go in these barracks uh, to go soul winning. This is the largest chapel on Fort Bragg. Obviously, it's a Catholic chapel. 
and I believe there's 10 chapels on Fort Bragg itself. There's the Protestant, and this Protestant, is, it's used for four different services. There's a Jewish service, uh, there's a, there a couple other ones, I can't remember them all, they change them all the time. Next to Fort Bragg is Pope Air Force Base, but back in uh, 2013, uh, the president decommissioned Pope Air Force Base, now it's called Pope Army Airfield. Really, that's the only thing that's changed was the name because the Air Force is still there. Uh, the 82nd Airborne still jumps out of their perfectly good airplanes. Uh, there they are. It looks good to me on the ground. I don't think I'd be jumping out of them. But people do all the time, every day. They load them up and jump out of them, and we hear about training accidents all the time. So why is it important to reach our military? Because even in times of non-combative uh, training, people die. Parachutes don't open sometimes. And so people, our country needs the Lord. Our country just needs the Lord, just to sum it up. And there they go, and then they take one last step, and there's nothing. It's fun to watch, as long as I'm on the ground watching them. But it's a daily thing there on Fort Bragg. We see it all the time. We hear the planes all the time. Beautiful sight to see. It's really beautiful when they drop a Humvee and and their parachutes don't open, so our tax dollars just go. For artillery, we have a lot of artillery firing down there at Fort Bragg, so we have to straighten our pictures on our walls uh, all the time. Next to uh, Fort Bragg as well is Simmons Army Airfield. This is our helicopter uh, base. Black Hawk helicopters, Apache helicopters, so we have helicopters all over the place as well. But look, it's a sound of freedom, and we're grateful for it. This is a Camp McCall. It is a camp that you, this is a this part of the place that you don't want to go to. This is where you go to become special forces. Uh, 82nd Airborne is known for being at Fort Bragg, but what you don't know is special forces, everybody that trains to be a special forces comes through Fort Bragg. If you're going to be a Green Beret, you're going to go through the qualification course at Fort Bragg. And to be honest with you, and I don't understand this, we have more soldiers coming from training to be a Green Beret than we do from the 82nd Airborne. Uh, maybe they're just a little bit more mature in their age, but we have more soldiers coming from Special Forces than, than the 82nd Airborne right now. But this is where they go to become a Green Beret. And there I went to one of the guys' this graduation where he pinned his Green Beret on his shoulder. And the, the guy to the right, his name is Roman. Uh, he got saved through our ministry uh, not long ago, but now he's stationed out at Colorado. And the guy with the Green Beret is Ben, and that's all I'm going to say right now. Uh, the the uh, Golden Knights are stationed at Fort Bragg. Anybody ever seen the Golden Knights? Nice. They, again, they jump out of a perfectly good airplane. But it's f- fun to watch. So what is the Servicemen Center? The Fayetteville Christian Servicemen Center, here it is, just to sum it up. What do you say? That's, that's just a home. You're right. It is just a home. That is the Tremel family residence there in Fayetteville, North Carolina. That is our home. It is a home away from home and a haven of rest for the single military there at Fort Bragg. What we do is uh, we invite the people, invite the soldiers in the church. Uh, typical Sunday morning, we take them from church and go over to the servicemen center. My wife cooks a, a home-cooked meal. I'm getting ahead of myself. We cook a home-cooked meal. And just to get a ple- away from military duty for a little bit place to relax, the place to have Christian fellowship, a place where we can hear the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ if they need it. But just a, a place to relax. Does anybody here like to relax? 
I, I know I do. But these are some of the soldiers that, that have been through our ministry. Um, they're all gone right now. Not one of these people. And this isn't that old of a picture. Our turnover rate is dramatic. It, it's, it's unique. It's, it's, it's different. And here we went and did a color guard. Of course, I had to outdo everybody there, sir, by putting mine on. And I tried to put mine on today, but my wife shrunk it again. So uh, <laughs> we won't talk about that. See, this is a long weekend. So July 4th is a long weekend for the military. So they would be off uh, for July 4th. And we would have a, a cookout place just to get away and relax and see some of these guys doing that. There's my wife in the kitchen. She's always in the kitchen. And she won't let me in there. But there's a typical, this is a typical like Memorial Day or Labor Day or, or July 4th weekend. We just have a barbecue. Friday night Bible studies. We do Friday night Bible study. And again, we have everybody come over for a meal before that and Sunday after church. This picture was a, a Thanksgiving meal. We have two big holidays that we really strive to bring more people in. And that's Thanksgiving and Christmas. We do some fun activities. There's my wife playing Operation. Of course a Marine has to show them how to shoot. So we do that. Shoot some pool. Play some games after Bible study. Just again, relax, rest, and give them a good Christian fellowship. And this is the service from center playing basketball, jumping on a trampoline. My wife gives them haircuts. By the way, if they're sitting in this chair, you're not going to leave halfway through a haircut, are you? So when's a good time to talk to them about the Lord? Just saying. We do birthdays. Get more barbecues. Christmas time. Christmas time for the last, I think, five or six years now, we've passed out over hundreds of Christmas boxes. If a soldier can't go home for Christmas, what we do is we load the van up and we take them a Christmas present. Because who doesn't like to receive a Christmas present during Christmas? And ultimately, hopefully, they can receive the best gift of all, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And so we, we do that faithfully for the last six years, I think. Uh, so you can be a part of that. If you would like more information about that, please, see, please uh, see us. We can give you a list about that time. We collect everything. But there they are opening it up. And there we are. There's the end of it. So if you, if you have any questions, again, we are a soul-winning discipleship ministry. We try to win them, work, uh, wet them and work them, and get them involved in the local church. Every, if, we, if we have something going on in our church, church is first, and then the servicemen center. So we want to be a blessing to our military. So if you have any questions, you just think about those for a little while. And uh, if you have any hard, hard questions, let my wife know. If they're easy, I will take the questions. But if you have your Bibles this morning, the more important time, turn to 2 Timothy chapter 2. 2 Timothy chapter 2, and we're grateful that we could be here today. Thank you so much for the hotel room uh, and everything you've done for us. And uh, for the last 10 years or so since we've been serving with you, we have grown and y'all have grown. So we're grateful to see that since the last time we've been here. In 2 Timothy chapter 2, we're going to look at a couple verses here and try to tie in the military theme for the short time that we have here. 2 Timothy chapter 2, let's just start with, ver, uh, let's start with verse 1. The Bible says in 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 1, it says, Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. No man that warth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, 
that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. Let's just stop there for now for the sake of time. My text today is verse 3. It says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. I believe Paul, as a matter of fact, I believe Paul is almost on his deathbed here. But he's writing to his son in the faith, Timothy, and he's telling Timothy, Be a good soldier. Be a good soldier. And my question to you this morning is, what is a good soldier? So for the next several minutes, we're going to look at that. What is a good soldier? Let's pray. Our Father, we thank you for this beautiful day you've given to in this great church. Thank you for everybody that's here this morning. I pray you hide me behind the cross here today and give me the words to say. And I pray you'd speak to the hearts of these folks that came here today. Pray for that one that's here today that doesn't know you as their personal Lord and Savior. Please save their soul and just give us a good rest of the day. In Jesus' name, amen. Verse 3 again, it says, Thou therefore endure hardness as a good soldier of Jesus Christ. What is a good soldier? Well, I, I know from basic, from boot camp, that if you were going to be a good Marine, and now I'm trying to get my right terminology here, Marine, soldier, two different people, by the way. Right, sir? You don't want to be called a Marine, do you? That's good. I don't want to call you a Marine. <laughs> See, I can harass you, too. Uh, it's good to have fun, isn't it? But what is a good soldier? I, I know from boot camp that if you don't listen to your drill instructors, you're going to be in trouble. If you don't completely understand the direction that they're, they're trying to tell you and give you as they're two inches away from your face, screaming at you, telling you something to do, and if you don't do it correctly, guess what? You're not going to be a good recruit. So what is a good soldier? I believe it's somebody who listens, somebody who obeys. I I believe all those things that we went through during basic training, boot camp, all those things were there to toughen us up, to make us the the military person that we are, we were. And I believe Paul has this military theme on his mind because he's in a Roman prison camp. He's in prison as, as we speak in this chapter. He's in prison and he sees soldiers manhandling them, bringing them in his food, moving them from place to place. And he sees this in his thoughts and minds and under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, he's telling Timothy, Timothy, be a soldier of Jesus Christ. But he doesn't stop there. He's telling Timothy to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. When somebody joins the military, you just can't quit. You just can't get up and quit and walk out and say, I'm done. There's a procedure to do it. And I hope, but I hope that if you join the military, you don't quit. But a good soldier never gives up. When you made the decision to become a Christian, folks, when you made that decision, by the way, nobody forced you to do it. You made that decision. You made that decision to become a Christian. You enlisted in the army of the Lord. You enlisted in the army. You are now a soldier of the Lord. But the question is, are you a good soldier? This church is the command post. You came to church this morning to, to receive the command of the day. And the command is in this book. You came to this place. You came to this command post. You're getting your orders right now as we speak. And we're about ready to go out to the mission field question is, are we going to be a good soldier or not? So I have four points here today. Four characteristics of a good soldier. Number one, we need to be a follower. 
I don't believe, in verse 3, Paul is telling Timothy to be a soldier of the Lord Jesus Christ without being a good follower. I looked the word following up in the dictionary. It means this. It means, actually, just one word. It means an imitator. Paul is telling Timothy that you need to be an imitator, not of me. Get your eyes off me. Paul is telling us that we need to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ. We, need to, we ought to be imitating the Lord Jesus Christ. The Bible says in John chapter 10, it says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. John chapter 12, verse 26, If any man serve me, let him follow me. Seventeen times the Lord Jesus Christ says, follow me. Seventeen times Jesus says, follow me. Are we following his example? Are we imitating him? Are we doing what God has called us to do? Are we being a good follower? By the way, I believe when Jesus said, follow me, a lot of people left everything and immediately followed him. That's a good soldier of Jesus Christ. But not only be a good follower, but I believe, look at verse 4, I believe we need to be a fighter. No man that warth entangles himself with the affairs of this life, that he may please him who hath chosen him to be a soldier. 1 Timothy chapter uh, 6, verse 12, Paul says, fight the good fight. 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, he says, I have fought a good fight. We need to be that soldier that's on the front lines, ready to move ahead in battle. I'm not talking about putting your, your flat jacket on. I'm not talking, telling you to put your M16 over your shoulder, your, your, your Kevlar on your head. I'm talking about taking the word of God and getting the highways and the hedges and being a fighter for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because if we're not fighting, who is? Folks, we're in a fight. We're in a battle today. And if you don't know that, by George, just look on TV. Turn the news on. It's a mess out there. And I'm a, I'm, I'm a proud American. And their American principles are worth fighting for. But God's principles are worth fighting for as well. We're in a fight. The Bible says it. No man that warth entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Let me give you David's version of that verse. I, I went to Iraq in 2003 and 2005. During 2002, I was not saved. 2005, I was saved. I got saved in the United States Marine Corps. 2002, I did not know my future wife. 2005, I did. In 2005, when I was in, in the Battle of Fallujah, I did not have time to think about what Catherine Hart was doing back then. If I did, my mindset would have been off the battle. So I, did not, I could not allow interest in the current world that we're living in to interfere with the battle that I was fighting. I believe that's what that verse is telling us. No man that warth entangles himself with the affairs of this life. Folks, we still have to live day by day, but there's a fight that we need to get, be involved in. The problem is we're fighting friendly fire. The Christians are fighting friendly fire. Let me give you the David version of friendly fire. We all know what friendly fire is. It's when we, we shoot one another. We, ha- we happen to injure somebody. But the Christian version of the friendly fire is this. Is this gentleman over here is fighting with this gentleman over here. And this lady over here can't get along with the lady back there. And that's going on inside our churches all over America. We can't, as God's own children, can't get along with one another. Sadly, 
Now, I know that's not going to happen here. I don't know many people, except for that one guy that keeps on giving me a hard time about being a Marine. <laughs> sorry, sorry. <laughs> but look, if, if we have problems with one another, and if we walk through those doors into this holy place, there's only one place to put it. Don't allow those problems out there to interfere with us serving God. Bring that to God's altar and give it over to Him and get over it. There's a fight to fight. There's a fight to be worthy to fight. Not only do we need to be a follower, not only do we need to be a fighter, but there, I believe there's several things that we need to be familiar with as a Christian. Turn your Bible to 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15. A very familiar verse, or it should be. 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 15, it says this. It says, study to show thyself approved unto God. Let's just stop right there. If you're studying the Word of God, you should be familiar with it. I have a quick illustration of this, though. When I was in the Marine Corps, the Marine Corps sent me off to a Mark 19 grenade launcher school. And this was a week-long school for a grenade launcher. Preacher, this is fun. It, it, well, wait one. Okay. So I get there on Monday, and I get off to the, I'm like, I, I've shot the M16 grenade launcher before, and you, sh- you shoot grenades, it's going to be a lot of fun, and things are going to blow up. So I get there on Monday expecting to blow a lot of things up. Well, I get there Monday, and my hopes were shattered. All day, we took that machine gun apart, and we put it back together again. So I went home that night, I'm like, okay, it's still early, maybe Tuesday, We'll get there and we'll start blowing things up. Sadly, I was wrong again. And I get there on Tuesday and I took that machine gun apart and I put it back together again. My hopes are gone downhill very quickly. Wednesday, take that machine gun apart, put it back together again. Thursday, take that machine gun apart, put it back together again. Brother, I was not having fun. I did not have any fun blowing things up. Friday, we had 30 seconds to take that machine gun apart and put it back together again. Now, Friday, we did have some fun. We were able to finally shoot it after we put it back together again. And we blew stuff up. And that kind of made up for the rest of the week. But the point of me sharing this story was, if you have a weapon system that you're not familiar with, and in time of combat, they're not going to call your preacher to come take an M16 apart. I mean, uh, Mark 19 apart and put it back together again to fix it during a time of war. Unless you're familiar with it. He's not. Okay, so I was good at saying that. They were going to call somebody that was familiar with that weapon system. Now, I said all that to say this. Christians have a weapon system. The problem with it, majority of Christians are not familiar with it. This book is quick and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. Thy word have I hid in my heart that I might not sin against God. This is the Christian's weapon system. This is what we need to get in the battle with. This is what we need to go out in the highways and the hedges. This is what we need when we read that sign above the door out there. You're now entering the mission field. Folks, I may be a missionary, but I could do, you can do the same thing that I'm doing. And we need to. Because we're in the same fight. We're on the same team. Most Christians aren't familiar with their weapon system. 
That's sad, isn't it? We're in a fight today. And if Christians don't stand up for what is right, how are we going to win the battle? I know we're going to win the battle ultimately at the end. But I was saying in Sunday school that I'm a first-generation Christian. None of my family members are saved that I'm, I believe, I'm aware of. I was able to lead my grandmother to the Lord before she passed away from cancer. One week before she passed away. But my family still goes to that church of the brethren. And I love my family. They think I'm nuts sometimes. But I want to be familiar with my God. That when they see me, and they see my family, they see my kids, that they see the Lord Jesus Christ in us. And that this book is so, we are so full of this book, we are so familiar with this book, that one day they're going to ask Jesus Christ to save them. And I know it's going to happen one day. Colossians chapter 3, verse 16. The Bible says, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly in all wisdom. John chapter 15, And if ye abide in me, and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what you will, and it shall be done unto you. Not only do we need to be a follower and a fighter and familiar with our weapon system, turn to uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7. Last verse. <clears throat> 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 7, it says this. He says, Paul says again, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. I have kept the faith. If anybody is going to be a good soldier of Jesus Christ today, God wants you to be faithful. God needs us to be faithful. And I know I'm talking to the cream of the crop. You're here on a, a long weekend holiday, July 4th holiday, and you're in church, and I praise the Lord for you. And you know what? But the choir needs to hear the preaching too sometimes. Okay? We, we need encouragement sometimes too. I want to encourage you so much that, that God tells us that we ought to be faithful. I want to encourage you as a good soldier of Jesus Christ, be faithful. I was in college. Brother, brother and I, we went to college together. I was telling him earlier, I went to school to be, go to school. I didn't go to school to make friends. I was an older gentleman, I guess I should say. And I went to school and left to go to work and had a family and all that. So I, I didn't make many, many friends in school. But in 2010, right before graduation, my, son, my youngest son was born. He was born four weeks premature. And he was uh, in Knoxville, Tennessee there. We had a children's hospital, and they took them directly from my wife's arms. My wife actually had to cry out to see him before the nurses took them away from us immediately after he was born and had to take him and put him in the incubator because his lungs were not fully developed yet. And then they rushed him to the children's hospital, and for the next 11 days, he was in children's hospital in Knoxville, Tennessee. Well, I had a full-time job. I was a full-time college student, a full-time husband, full-time father, and, a, and trying to be a full-time father, if I didn't say that already, one of those. Okay? I had no time in the world to go deal with this. But God brought me to this verse. God says, David, I understand this. He says, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And now you're on this course. But then he really pointed out this last. He says, I have kept 
the faith. You see, God has kept being faithful to me. And God has kept being faithful to you. And then he reminded me of our text verse in 2 Timothy. He says, yes, I'm faithful. And in verse 3 it says, thou therefore endure hardness. But there's going to be some hard times in our life. And the word endure actually means without giving up. So in those hard times, God wants us, and God allows us to go through those. Let me say that one more time. God allows those things to happen in our lives, just like my son being four weeks premature, for a reason, to help us grow as a child of God. But he tells us, endure hardness. There's going to be some hard times in our life. I don't know what you're going through today. I don't know what is going on in your life today. But if you are going through trial today, don't give up. Don't give up. Why? Because God didn't give up on you. And if God didn't give up on you, he's not going to give up on you. So keep being faithful. That's a characteristic of a good soldier of Jesus Christ. Are you a faithful soldier? Are you a good soldier? Proverbs chapter 28 says this. It says, a faithful man shall abound with blessings. I don't know what's going on in your life. But we need to be a follower. We need to be a fighter. We need to be familiar. But ultimately, we need to be faithful to God. If we're those four things today, you can, you will be a good soldier. But maybe you're here today and you're not. You're not in the fight. You can be. Maybe you're here today and you're not a follower. You can be. Maybe you're here today and you're not familiar with your weapon system. You can be. Finally, if you're, not, if you're here today and you're not faithful, you can be. Nobody's holding a gun to your head, but God wants you to be faithful. Are you going to do that today? If you're here today and you say, I am not a soldier in the army of the Lord, let me sum it up again. You can be. It's one of the easiest things you can do and the biggest blessings that can happen to you. If you'd like to speak to somebody today of how to know, I'm talking about 100% sure, how to know to be a soldier in the army of God, I'll, I'll be glad to speak with you. And I'm sure there's men and women around here that would be glad to speak with you. And if you're here today and you need to do business with God, let's get it done. And let's be a good soldier. I want to be a good soldier. And I want you to be on my team. And we want to work together to conquer America for Christ.